The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Joy Unleashed show. I'm your host and resident joyologist, Colleen Greco. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mia Dixon, who is a baby and toddler sleep coach and the creator of Celebrate Sleep with Mia. She has helped families across the world achieve the sleep they all deserve. That's currency right there. She offers an individualized coaching approach to support all parenting styles in order to help them support their children learn how to fall asleep independently. And I can say as a parent, boy, and, and, and I had a sleep deprived uh, child. I wish I knew Mia back then. So without further ado, let me welcome Mia Dixon to, to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hey Mia, I'm so glad you're here. And I really do mean that. I wish I knew you 20 years ago. Um, but as I said, before we started, I, I'm actually finding that sort of redoing the similar approach with our adult son who has, you know, moved off to college and is having challenges. So for those listening, even if you don't have babies, these same principles still apply. You're building uh, security and self-confidence. So I'm super excited to, uh, to jump into this discussion today. Yeah, no, so am I. So I'll start you off with a softball, you know, just to kind of warm things up. Although I know from a temperature perspective, you're warm enough as it is. Um, (laughs) Little hot in the UK today. Um, So I'm always just fascinated with what gets people going, um, either, you know, before an interview like this or before, um, you know, a phone call with a prospective client. What is your hype song? What gets you into that right headspace? Um, I think it's just different things. So it's when it's when I'm working with a client, it's sort of just making sure I've got everything that I need to know about them ready. So like with you, with this interview, I just it's just making sure that my headspace is in the right. I've got everything in order because I've I'm someone I've got so many ideas and there's always something going on that I just need to ground myself and be like, right, what do I need to do? now in this moment what then just leave the rest sort of park it and then come back to it um so yeah it's just like getting it all in order in my head which is not always the easiest thing to do no if i showed you my notebook right now there's several things that are written through the lines and then some are on the side some are on that side <laughs> yes nothing's upside down so that's a good that's a good sign <laughs> i know i've got post-it notes everywhere so it's like trying to keep make sure that they don't all like um, fall off so that I don't lose oh, yeah. the order of it. I know. Don't you wish you invented the post-it note? Um, so since this, um, this show is all about joy, um, give me an idea of how you define joy. I think joy is just being, it's sort of getting to a place where you're happy with your life and how, and everything that's in it. And it's sort of, it just comes to, down to being grateful for you for what you have 
and I think it's so hard in this world like particularly with social media and like the celebrities they're all in your face all the time so you're always like oh I wish I had this or I wish I had that and then you're always searching for something that might never be the case you might never get there so it's just kind of appreciating your life for what you have and just being grateful for the things you have you do have in your life and you have managed to achieve big or small um yeah, yeah, yeah. in the now you know not yeah. what could be in the future but really anchoring on what's going on now there's a there's a great quote that i say all the time to clients which is comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. and i feel like it's so true i mean I had a friend who uh, put a post on social media this morning. Um, He had given up uh, soda like a year ago and he was sort of minimizing his accomplishment. And he's like, it's not like, I know it's not a big deal. And I'm like, it is a big deal. (laughs) What an addictive substance. Yeah, you gave it up and you've done it for a year and you lost a whole bunch of weight as a result and you've improved your health. You should celebrate that. That's huge. So Yes, I totally agree. Don't compare. Honor your own accomplishments. They're huge. Exactly. And any accomplishment, big or small, I think it's so important to like celebrate every outcome and everything that you've done. I mean, at the end of the day, all you've managed to do is, I mean, washing, I'm sure as a mum, there's <laughs> always a load of washing. So if at the end of the day, I've managed to at least catch up with some of my washing, I sort of will be like, yes, that's one less load tomorrow I have to do. And it's just sort of, yeah, particularly with like little ones, when you're like so in it the whole time and you're just, you don't know whether you're coming or going, it's just sort of pausing and being like, yes, I've I've done this. I've managed to have my tea while I was still hot. You yeah. know, like those like really small step things for mums with little ones, which I'm sure you sort of, you'd really appreciate a warm cup of tea or coffee. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I can say, um, so my kids are now 19, almost 20 and 16, almost 17. So I would call my mom in the early days of, of the first one and say like, I just can't have that meal prepared for my husband when he gets home. The house is a mess. I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up, but I have this like immobile baby. Like, how is it so messy with somebody that isn't even moving? And she said, your only job is to keep him alive. Anything above that is a bonus. And I thought, yeah. oh, thank God somebody gave me the grace to lower the bar and really focus on what was really important, which was my time with him and his health and well-being and not, you know, my picture perfect house and mm. you know, like, you know, the 1950s housewife that I had in my head. Um, that, that wasn't the circumstance at all. It was more like a tornado had, you know, rushed through my house 15 times a day. And, you know, I had a a baby that was sundowning. So by the time, you know, my husband came home, I was like, here you go. I was like, I'm done. Bye-bye. It's your turn. (laughs) I don't care how your day was. Mine was harder. (laughs) Yeah. I've had no breaks, you know an audience all day you just take them and then you know and I was exactly the same you know I grew up in South Africa where we had someone who was always cleaning the house and stuff so you'd wake up in the morning and your bed was made pretty much and so like really reframing what is achievable for you and actually just those standards are ridiculous so it's just lowering those standards and being like right I don't need to 
no one's going to see the house and if they come and judge that's their problem it's not it's not mine because i'm prioritizing my time and i want to spend it with the children instead of the long to-do list of household chores that us you know forever just getting longer and longer ending. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no and you're right it's it's like focusing on what really matters and if somebody is going to judge me for the you know my perfect house like i'd like to see them walk one day in these shoes so mm -hmm. um can we can we spend some time talking about um you know what you do and how you came to create celebrate sleep with mia yes so i am a mum to two young children uh, my youngest is about to turn two next month um and he was an awful sleeper so he didn't sleep for probably like the first 15, 16 months of his life. And I was at that point, I was at breaking point. I was so sleep deprived. I was in survival mode and like trying to run after, like look after a toddler as well. I mean, she's full of beans. So you're just like trying to balance, oh gosh, balance it all. You, I just couldn't, I just was really struggling. And at that point in my life as well, I was also sort of, going back thinking about having to go back to work and I was a primary school teacher and the thought of being a primary school teacher and um, being sleep deprived with two children and still doing all the household chores I was I just I cannot do that like it was giving me real anxiety and I was just really really struggling with it and so um, I started looking at right what can I do to help my child sleep because that I need my sleep. I know that's really important. And then I started looking into it and I was like, oh, sleep coach. I quite, quite like the sound of this. I like, you know, I think I could do this. I'm obsessed with sleep anyway. And so it's just something I'm really interested in. Um, and I spoke to my husband and I was like, right, I don't want to go back into teaching. I'd like to do this instead. And it took him a few days to kind of come around to the idea. And then that's when I started my training and I was like, yes, I really love this and I'm learning things that I didn't know as a, even as a first time mom. So my daughter slept beautifully, naps awful, but I was like, that's fine. I can do nighttime sleeping if the naps are terrible. And I was just really just loving it and being like finding out all this information that I wish I had known. And now, um, thankfully Ollie sleeps and I'm able to help other parents like take away that anxiety that comes with this word of sleep training and what people think their perception is and all sort of the fear mongering I think that's sort of been put into so like that comes with oh my gosh you're sleep training your child why would you do such a thing and actually it's all missed like that it's not the right information and it's your choice as a family and for me it was the best decision I have ever made I feel like a completely different person I'm sleeping I'm running my own business now being able like supporting other families with their sleep and like just helping everyone celebrate sleep again because it's so so important for us all to be able to sleep and you know as a functioning human being you need your sleep and if you want to be the mum you want to be and you need your sleep then you know it's finding a way of supporting your child that in a way that you're comfortable with and then that's that's the bit I love is sort of helping parents find sort of navigate this this path or their new journey mm -hmm. in a way that they're comfortable with and supporting them and guiding them 
to reach their sleep goals so that they can all that everyone can benefit from it everyone yes I'm, I'm like ring the bell that like ding ding that that is definitely so true so you know again my oldest will be 20 in january and he was a terrible sleeper and we would put him in the you know infant carrier and we would like swing him for 45 minutes up and down the hallway maybe longer by the time he was asleep carefully taking him out and please don't like hit something or trip over something and gently put him in the the crib and not wake him up. And if we did, we'd have to like hit his back for, I don't even know how many hours until he was completely asleep. We walked him up and down the stairs. We made up songs. We did everything. Who was my sister's next door neighbor, but Dr. Richard Ferber, my own sister lived next to Dr. Ferber, who had the, one of the most famous sleep labs. Yeah. I think in the world, in Boston, I used to go to her house all the time. Like he was right next door. Why didn't I just knock on his door, kidnap him for a few days and get him to help me? <laughs> I don't know, but I did buy his book and I read it and I was not able emotionally to apply his technique as is, but we modified it. And after four days of my husband and I pinning ourselves down, like you are not going in there. No, you're not going in there. We, we would hold each other like a wrestling match just to keep each other from going in and trying to settle my son. But I think the first day was about 80 something minutes of nonstop screaming, mm. which that doesn't sound like a long time. Go poke a, a, you know, a little newborn and see how long you can handle that scream down to the fourth day was like, ah, and that was it. It was like magic. What we taught him, and I know that this is what you probably teach your clients, is security and self-confidence, you know, and they, they kind of have to learn that the hard way. And, you know, we got a lot of flack from other families that were like, they felt like that was child abuse. Well, I'm sorry. I know a lot about sleep because of, you know, my work and mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. If you don't get your sleep, everything fails internally and you give the absolute worst version of yourself to those you love. So I think that is child abuse, not me teaching yeah. my son security and self-confidence. And I, I don't think I'll ever, ever forget that feeling um, and really wish there was somebody like you around where I could say, I really need help and I need you to coach me through this because I'm losing my mind. And I think it's it's very easy for us to get hung up in the, you know, Instagram ready posts that mm. people, you know, they talk about their maternity leaves are these like amazing things. Both of my maternity leaves were absolute torture for two different reasons. But with my first child, I got two weeks. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. But I mean, it was like, come on, how, how are we supposed to kind of figure this whole thing out? Sleep deprived, definitely not eating well, um, you know, barely paying attention to your spouse because it's like, that's just one more thing to do. Um, so I'm hoping you can, you know, kind of talk us through what your coaching programs look like. Um, and maybe, you know, some stories about how you have helped uh, other families get to the other side. Yeah. 
Because there is a pot at the end of the rainbow. Yes, there is. Um, I think, you know, like listening to all you're saying, I think as mums, we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it right. And then you, you sometimes forget that actually what's right for my family might not necessarily be right for your family. So my packages are, there's no sort of one size fits all. I'm not going to be like, right, this is how you have to do it. I really sort of take the time to get to know my families. And, you know, you get a really in-depth questionnaire that then it asks you all these questions. You're like, oh, but how is this, you know, how is this going to help? It actually just helps build a really clear picture of the sleep and the whole family, like the everything. And then we have like a really in-depth conversation before you start anything. So I make sure that they're all really happy with going forward and they're confident as well. And the great thing now is I've got uh, WhatsApp support, which means that, you know, I've helped uh, one of the families I was helping and um, was out in Las Vegas. So sort of as I'm sort of sort of settling down in the evenings, that's when they kind of get up and they tell me about their, how their evening went. And I'd be like, oh, so this is, so this, your little one was doing this and this is how we should respond or this is how you could respond or you can have, you can respond this way or this way. And then they kind of can choose which way and then it's all about giving them the tools that by the time we finish working together for the two weeks that their sleep has changed completely as long as they're being consistent in following um the path sort of the journey that we're going along then um you know within the two weeks their sleep is dramatically changed and then I'm also I'm really passionate about making sure that even when we finish working together they can then troubleshoot sort of like disaster nap days like okay right naps have gone horrendously wrong today what can I do in order to like for it not to impact the night too much and then the next day is always a new start a fresh start so whatever happened the day before and even with the families I'm working with I think sometimes they they have such a high standard of their expectations of what these little ones should do and you're like right, you've managed, you've prepared yourself for this journey that you're going on. Your little one hasn't sort of cognitively doesn't understand. They just know there's something different happening. So it's just giving them a chance to kind of catch up with you. And then, yes, you might have had two horrendous days, which didn't go as you you would have wanted. But then usually by the third or the fourth day, depending on the situation, things just sort of really fall into place. And then at that point, we're just tweaking and just being like, right, just change this. And I think that's a nice thing about how the program works is it's done in at their pace. So it's, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'll have all your problems sorted out by two weeks. You'll have the majority of it sorted out. And depending on where your child was within their journey, will depend on how far we get but by the end of the two weeks you will see a marked improvement on it and it's giving you the steps that you need and just kind of encouraging you in a way that you're comfortable with so there's no overwhelm or be like oh my gosh am I doing this wrong am I doing this right because as soon as you have those questions you just message me and be like right is this right is this wrong and then depending on what point in our journey we are we are at I can be like well what do you think from everything we've done or give them the answer straight away if it's sort of earlier on um 
but I'm very much it's family it's client-led so it's making sure parents are comfortable because yeah. you're the, they're the ones doing the change and any new routine any healthy like healthy sleep habits to form it takes time to embed that change within uh so that it becomes a routine and not a new thing if that makes it makes a ton of sense and again these are principles that you will call on again and again and again through this child's life mm -hmm. we are going through it right now with our son who just went back to college i mean he's not having trouble sleeping but we are applying the same principles and that only occurred to me as i was prepping for this interview i was like oh my god this is exactly what we went through when he was a baby and it's just it just looks different but architecturally yeah. it's the same issue so you know whether or not you know, you realize that at the time you are instilling these lifelong principles with your clients, you know, even if they just get those two weeks, those are things that they will call on multiple times throughout this child's life. And I think, you know, with sleep and any, like sleep is a skill. And I think a lot of us don't realize that it's actually a learned skill that you have to learn how to do. And as adults, you've just done it for so many years that you don't even think about it. And it's like any other new skill that you learn. <clears throat> like, so my daughter's just learned how to ride a bike. If I was doing the bike riding for her, she's not going to learn how to ride her bike. So instead, you need to give them the support that they need to then be able to master that skill. And sleep is exactly the same. So you're putting in the support that they need in able to then master that skill for themselves. Now, let me encourage folks that, you know, maybe think like the child's too old. When, when we started to focus on my son's sleep, he was 18 months old, way too late, but we didn't know any better. At 21 months old, he went into his big boy bed. So we got to do it again because <laughs> then he was a runner. <laughs> um, so, you know, how... Is there, a, is there a right time? Is there a wrong time? Um, either time in the child's life or time in the, in the journey uh, that maybe isn't as ideal um, for you to work with them on? So I think the most important thing is that you're ready to take on this, the, the change. And I think as parents, as long as you are sort of mentally ready to do the, the to take it on and sort of follow it through, and make sure that actually there's not you're not sort of jetting off to holiday you know halfway through the training you're not you know you kind of have a block of two weeks that you just have a relative normal kind of boring everyday stuff that you just kind of go through it um and it doesn't matter if they're in nursery or kindergarten kindergarten i don't know what you call it and so like um before they go to like preschool and stuff like that it does like that can all come around. You can all do the sleep training around. It's just sort of going to different houses and sort of different, you know, if you're flying off to different time zones and that can all impact it. So it's just kind of having a block of time that you can embed the, the, the new routine. But I mean, little ones from as young as 18 weeks can kind of be uh, slept trained and then even older. Um, and, you know, if you're moving your little one from a cot to a bed, I try recommend try pushing that out to you know at least three years if not two and a half years because i know some children do climb out the cot so even though you've tried everything you 
you then have to do it for safety but it's trying to hold off on that as long as possible and i think it's um with steps like that you don't want to you don't need to rush anything your child when they're ready you can sort of you know in their time but definitely sort of delay taking them out the car um because then that's when you get the disturbed nights because they sort of don't fully understand. They're like, oh, freedom, I can get out, I can go, I don't have to, I'm not stuck anymore, you know. So, but it's, yeah, just mainly parents being ready because I think sometimes for parents it's actually, it's the hardest for the parents doing it because, you know, with little ones, their main form of communication is crying. So they cry when they're bored, when they're hungry, when they're uncomfortable, when they, you know, for any myriad of reasons and then it's just figuring out right why are you crying now what is the reason for it now is it because you're not happy with the change or is you know are you actually in pain so it's for parents really tuning into your child's communication to figure out what they are actually saying to you yes totally agree i just had a flashback to (laughs) like we would we would put him to bed and then inevitably have to go into our room for something, which is kind of right down the hall and like tiptoeing out, always stepping on the crack on the floor uh, yeah, or, or the creak on the floor. And it's like, Ugh. and so then we would freeze for, I don't know how many minutes. Oh, it doesn't seem like he made any noise. Keep going. And then he pops out from behind the door. <laughs> oh, oh, oh and I the trauma never really goes away. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, my daughter's brilliant with the sleeping at night and she's been in a bed for a while now because she's almost four. And the other night I caught her just looking out her window and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just watching the people, mummy. I was like, no, get back in bed. It's now sleepy time. She's like, no, but I really want to watch the people. Like, no, there's no one to watch, just some cars. Get back in bed. That's hilarious. It's like <laughs> children, you know, there's never a dull moment. Is there a time, an ideal time when people should be reaching out? Because I know for for me, I was at the end of my rope and just thought like, give me that book and I'll just, I'll figure this out. Um, I definitely wish I had done it a lot earlier. It would have made the beginning of my parenthood journey a lot more pleasant. Um, but, you know, what what would be the ideal time? And then of course people will do it when they feel like they're ready. But you know, the idea is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the most miraculous of times. And so you should enjoy it. And it's mm. it's thing, but enjoyable when you have all of these challenges. So what would you recommend to folks? So it's always easier to change a habit earlier on. So, you know, um, the newborn phase can be quite tricky because it's so unpredictable. You can't really sleep train a little one then. You can do sort of like what they call sleep shaping, so kind of practicing, but not actually doing anything, any like full-on sleep training. Um, and then around about 18, 19 weeks, if your little one hasn't sort of settled into any sleep routine at that point, then I would definitely, you know, start seriously start looking into how you can help them and Mm -hmm. you know simple things like nap schedules I think napping having an age-appropriate nap schedule is so important and with some little ones just making sure they're getting enough daytime sleep to support their nighttime sleep is really helpful and then that can sort of 
you'll naturally see their sort of nighttime sleep extend um, over time, making sure they've got like a good bed uh, sleep environment. So their bedroom is, you know, conducive to sleep and sort of, you know, bedtime routine as well. Sort of that can happen from about, you can, about three, two or three weeks, you can start having a bedtime routine and just sort of starting as soon earlier rather than later. Um, and some children are a bit more alert. So it is, it is harder to kind of, for them to nap, just fall asleep. I mean, some, and everyone's has, everyone has a friend who's, oh, my child, my child just slept, started sleeping through it like six weeks. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Mine didn't. Yeah. Neither one of mine did. Um, and you do get children who are like that. But I just think, you know, anyone, just make sure you're sort of aware that their sleep doesn't isn't as straightforward as you always hope it could be um so i say the sooner the better uh, things first of all you have a um a free ebook that we're offering to viewers and listeners you can go to celebrate sleep with slash free dash ebook but what i want to cover is the health and well-being of the parents so I, I'm just curious, and if the answer is no, that is completely fine because I am a mindset coach. There are many other mindset coaches out there. Uh, do you have programs that extend to the health and well-being of the parents? Not at the moment. I'm okay. currently sort of the main aim is children, but I do. I think sleep is so important, and I know like I really struggled with my sleep as well. And but a lot of the time with parents I think it's just simple things like having a bedtime your own bedtime routine going to bed at the same time every night so it's small little things like that that can really help I am looking into maybe doing like a free resource for parents you know particularly ones who've been up in the night like how to help resettle them but yeah. I mean with this the ebook it's all about how you can help your little one but so much of that is related can relate to parents so you know having is your sleep space a good sleep space for you um no devices an hour before bed and i that's the hardest thing for us because our whole world is on a screen in front of us so yeah. if you're really struggling with your sleep get rid of like an hour i know there's some people who don't even allow their phones into their room at night mm -hmm. and just finding a routine and bedtime routine like a wind down routine for yourself so we can do that for your child like a bedtime routine so what bedtime routine do you have that helps you unwind from your busy day and there's so much it is so hard to unwind i mean i i'm a big one for sleep stories i've got um an app so every night i'll read before i go to bed and then i'll listen to my sleep story or meditate so it's finding something that works for you to help with that unwinding from your very busy day. Yes, I totally agree. I had a client that she used to say, I get everything done once the kids go to bed. And I said, yeah, but you can't be up until midnight or 1 a.m. and then back up at five. You know, your body needs seven to eight hours mm -hmm. of sleep just to recover from the day you had and to set up the next day for success. And so I finally got her down to 10 o'clock. I don't care what, how many dishes are left in the dish, yeah. you know, in the sink or, you know, laundry that still hasn't been done or whatever it is, you have to have that as a stop time so that you can get the amount of sleep that you need. So I love that, you know, that's something you're considering. 
Um, all right, I have two more questions. Um, and so this one's a true false, but I'm sure there's, you know, a discussion we can have about it. True or false? Never wake a sleeping baby. Uh, I'd say that's false. Um, <laughs> just from, it, it's in the beginning for newborns, yes, they need their sleep. But as soon as they sort of start coming out of the newborn phase, if so, if you in a 20, if you sort of take a 24 hour period, then um, little ones sort of need about, and this is all average because everyone's different. So little ones need about four, 13 to 14 hours of sleep, if not a bit more in a 24 hour period. So if your little one is doing all their sleep during the day, by the time in the evening, you know, four or five o'clock AM, right, comes, they would have done, they would have had all their sleep needs met for that 24 hour period. So it's a hard one because I know there are some people that says, never wake a sleeping baby, don't you dare. And you know, I'm my son, if I did that with him, he would sleep all day and not at night. So I have to wake him up because he, he just doesn't, he doesn't wake up. So if I want him to sleep longer at night, I need to cut his nap shorter. And I know that's really hard as a parent or as a mum when you're staying at home and you're like, oh my gosh, I get to sit down for, you know, their nap time is my sit down time and I get to breathe, I get to have a cup of tea or do this and that. So it is really hard, but if you want them to sleep longer at night, make sure they're getting the right amount of sleep during the day to support their nighttime sleep. I forgot about that cat. Yeah, but that was my rule. I can't stand when my friends will say, oh, I, I woke him because he needs to eat. Oh, he'll tell you when he needs to eat. He will. Like, they don't miss meals. So, <laughs> um, so my last question is, you know, I'm a huge fan of journaling, and I'll do a shameless plug. I have uh, my best-selling um, Daily Dose of Joy journal, now available on Amazon, um, but it's a really great way to identify limiting beliefs and those stories that you tell yourself. And we all do it, especially around parenting. Um, so I'm curious, what are some of the, and this is part of my daily routine to set myself up well for the day, but what daily practices can you share with the audience that help you feel firmly rooted, firmly grounded in joy? Um, because that might just inspire somebody else to discover, you know, their best practices? So I think for me, and I'm still learning how to do this, is um, gratitude practice and just sort of stopping and just appreciating what you have in the moment, particularly, you know, with over when you're so overwhelmed. And I find the best time, or I like doing this when I'm outside because I love nature and it's just, you know, we've got an, a garden so we're lucky enough to have a garden. So it's just sort of stopping and being like, right, what in this moment can I be grateful for? And and it's taken me a long time as well to also appreciate my children for who they are now, instead of being like seeing them as a, well, because of you, I can't do this and that. And that, and I think about that now and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I felt that way. But you, when you're so stuck in and this was when I was really sleep deprived so my mental well-being was just awful and mm -hmm. you know when you just feel a bit lost in yourself it's really hard it's really easy I mean to like blame it on the external forces yes. and so 
I've been working really hard and actually stopping and being like, right, what am I grateful for within this moment? And a lot of the time it's when my children are being, when they just both being challenging. And I was like, right, <laughs> I just need a moment to just like, try and appreciate that. And I know it's so hard as a parent to kind of step back when you are, your cup is so full and you're so overwhelmed and so overstimulated, um, you know, and yeah, so it's just trying to take that time. And luckily we have a garden outside and my kids love being outside. They love, my daughter loves being a bug vet. So she's quite happy to go root around. And my son likes being on his balance bike. So at least if we go out there, then I've got space, like I'll have some space just to kind of breathe. I love it. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's like you said, it's hard, you know, or I guess it's very easy to blame outside factors, especially when, you know, the kids are drawing all of your energy out and they need you for so many things. We have two dogs and I, one of the things I like to do is even take them for a you know, few minute walk every day just to see life through their eyes. So it can kind of ground me and bring me back down, you know, to my my blood pressure back down yeah. to normal because they're so sweet and they, they go after these bunnies all the time. And it's like, that's what life is really about. It's those moments. It's not whatever has my blood pressure up again. You know, it's, it's yeah. the simple moments. And so watching your kids, you know, kind of like from the outside looking in does that too. Um, mine just aren't around as much anymore. So <laughs> focus my attention on the dog. Well, this has been really great, Mia. I'm I'm so thankful. Um, I want to throw up your your Instagram um, to make sure people know how to get a hold of you. It's celebrate underscore sleep underscore with underscore Mia um, on Instagram, and we've already put your website up, which is celebratesleepwithmia.com. Any parting thoughts? No, thank you so much for having me and sort of coming um, and helping sort of try other people unleash the joy in their lives and sort of the um just the importance of sleep and what that can have on your well-being and sort of help sort of set you on a path that you're you're going if that sort of yeah if you're from a sleep deprived parent um there is there is light at the end of the tunnel i promise there is yes i'm smiling again <laughs> so it's possible yeah well, thank you for being on the show so that was another episode of Joy Unleashed. And this time we we got to talk with Mia Dixon. And it was a true pleasure. And and everything that you know Mia talks about, you know, we we spend a lot of time minimizing sleep. In fact, I was guilty many years of saying sleep is for the week or I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's actually it's it's not a joke. Your body does need seven to eight hours of sleep in order to function properly, in order for your mental health to be in check. So Please take everything that she says really, really seriously. And even if you don't have little ones anymore, those same principles still apply. Um, and I'm seeing that play out in my life um, as we speak. So make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel so that you can you know, benefit from the, the latest and greatest episode. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Until next time, sisters.